When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Knuckles here. Welcome to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Listen, uh, we started a new segment on our show where you can ask me anything. Ask Knuckles anything, hockey, football, which I know nothing about. Well, a little bit. Um, golf, uh, my personal life, anything you want, uh, you can ask me and I'll answer those questions. I want to connect with you, the people who listen to the show. So, um, uh, I bought uh, a board today, my friend um, Matthew Kempter, who works with us at Raw Knuckles, and uh, Maddie, you're going to fire away, and I'll do my best to answer every question. Yep, so the first question we have is from Sean Balligan, and he sa- he's asking, what happened in the last month of 92? Knucks came back home, it looked like a cup champ again with, month- with a month to go, was convinced that it was number two for the 86 guys. Yeah, listen, uh, when we came back, uh, when I came back to Montreal from Boston, uh, I ended up, uh, you know, Pat Burns was the coach. I ended up playing the first game I come back. It was kind of a whirlwind. It was so nice to be back in Montreal. It felt a little different for me, to be honest with you. There were some guys that I played with and a lot of guys that I had never played with, but I knew most of them. Um, and, uh, you know, we got bounced out of the playoffs there um, pretty quickly, and that was uh, 92. So um, Pat Burns got let go uh, right after that, and new coach came in, Jacques Demers, and they won the next season. I wanted to play that season, but, um, uh, you know, Demers didn't want to re- have me re-sign for a year. Um, there were two guys, uh, myself and Rob Ramage, he was 35. Uh, I was, no, he was 34. I was 34. And he didn't want two older guys in the team. And he played, uh, Ramage played for him before, uh, I think in uh, St. Louis. And uh, Rama stayed. God bless him. Uh, they went on and won a Stanley Cup. So they made the right move, obviously. Um, and I, um, I retired. So uh, I was just happy to retire as I have. So the next question comes from, I'm sorry if I butcher any of these names, guys, George Solomon. And he says, just how awesome was it to play in Montreal, being able to put on that sweater, look around the room and see the legends you were playing with, plus playing in the hockey in the temple known as the Forum? Uh, listen, I hated the Canadians growing up as a kid. Bobby O is my man, the Bruins. I love the Bruins. And end up getting drafted by Montreal. Came to my first camp. I was in awe. Uh, I still didn't like the guys. I, I, I couldn't stand Lafleur because he always killed us. And you know, it's the old story. You, you don't like guys because they're on the other team, but you'd love them on your team. It, it, that happens everywhere. So, but once I, um, I I got called back up to the Canadians, and I was sitting in that room. Um, you know, it, it was incredible looking around the room. You know, Gila Point, Serge Savard. Uh, uh, you know, Conway had just retired because of his back. Mario Tromboy, Bob Gainey, Larry Robinson, like just incredible. Um, 
slew of talent guys who won four Stanley Cups in a row. So, I, honestly, I had to pinch myself sometimes. I, I couldn't believe I was part of this thing. And, um, you know, that after that first game against Boston, uh, I'll be honest with you, it didn't take me um, uh, long to change my allegiance and become a, a Canadian uh, for life. Chris Talbert is asking, who was your favorite player to play with? Uh, Chris, I, you know, lots, lots of guys, but I love playing with Chelios. I absolutely love Chelios. He loved the game. He ate, drank, and slept uh, hockey. You know, he just awesome teammate, uh, really awesome teammate. Um, I love playing with Matt Snazland also. Uh, my little petite Viking from Sweden. He was just an awesome guy. He sat next to me in the locker room. Um, um, I used to have to wake him up a little in the morning. He used to come in. And he, he looked like he just crawled out from underneath a rock every time he came in the locker room. Just it was incredible. So, uh, but you know those two guys. I, I, bunch of other guys. I I love my teammates. You know. One or two could have been a pain in the ass, and I'm sure I was a pain in the ass too. But um, for the most part, I loved all my teammates. I, I really did. When it, when I was on a team and I was in, I was devoted. Uh, I was passionate. Marcus Vaughn is asking, "What's your first move if you're suddenly the new NHL commissioner?" Uh, ooh, the commish, Knuckles, the commish. You know what I'm gonna do? <clears throat> And this may not be popular. The game is so fast right now, wide open. You know what? I'm going to put the red line back in. And I'm going to make these sons of bitches pass their way up the rink. Uh, come back to the puck. Support the puck. Come up the ice together. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, they probably won't like it, but that's what I would do. Now, you played in a lot of uh, big games as a Canadian. So what, what would you say is like your favorite game as a Montreal Canadian? Well, the biggest game when we won the Stanley Cup, I was injured. Uh, I, they froze my ankle up before the game. They, you know, they wouldn't let me play. They watched me in a warm-up. I tried. So that would have been. I, I think that was my biggest moment. I was a little bummed out because I, I wasn't out on the ice with my teammates. But I was there every game up until then. And, you know, I was hot on myself because of that. But, you know, anytime we beat the Bruins right here behind me, um, was was awesome, you know, because I used to go in that building and, you know, whatever, 17,000 people screaming, Nylon sucks. So it's nice to win and kind of just, you know, hold your head high and walk, and walk out of that building. Um, I will say one of my games, Patrick was first game in the NHL against the Winnipeg Jets. I had two goals and one assist, one on a penalty shot, and the other goal was just like, Knuckles had hands like you never seen, um, but it, that was a very memorable game for me. And I was wearing a turtleneck um, in that game, and people, you know, say you look like Placanic or Plecky got that from you. I I never wore turtlenecks, but I wore it because I had the chills, I had the flu, uh, and I ended up playing the game anyway. I <laughs> had one of the best games I ever had in my life, uh, so. Yeah, I'd say that game against Winnipeg. I think it was 85 or something. But, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I don't think I've ever heard you mention, like, any guys you don't like off the ice. But uh, Chuck Cohen's asking, 
which, if any, players do you still not like off the ice right now? You know, I I, I, I can't say. You know, listen, my Frank Claude Lemieux, we had him on the show. I love him. Pepe could be... You could dislike him as a teammate because of some of the things he did out in the ice. And stuff that I wouldn't do, and probably stuff most of my teammates wouldn't do. But a lot of times, those things would end up in power plays for us, and they'd actually help us. And But anyway, you get my point. And I still love Claude. Uh, he was such a determined player and a, a big, big time, big moment player. Um, so, you know, as a teammate, yeah, Pepe might have been one of those guys that you could say I disliked a little bit. But it, it wasn't him as a person, what he did on the ice, how he was, I didn't like. But other than that, guys I played against, you know, I, I can't, I really can't think back and say, oh, I didn't like this. You know, I fought Jonathan. I, I see Stan Jonathan, love him. O'Reilly. Uh, see all these guys I played against over the years. So it's not like I hold on any, to any of that, you know, dislike or, you know, stuff from so many years ago that's all gone now and you know i don't i don't let uh, anybody rent space in my head i think i know the answer to this question but fabian uh, cote is asking which player in the nhl is closest today like where uh how you wear as a hab well gee i'm gonna have to um listen the, the new kid in town here, Abba Jacki, I absolutely love him. Now, there's similarities, okay? Uh, he wasn't supposed to make it. You know, he was working at Costco. Uh, you know, I think back, I was working at U-Haul. <laughs> but, um, you know, he can fight. I'm not, I'm not his size. That's a big, there's a big discrepancy there. But what I will say is he's passionate. He loves protecting his teammates. Very similar. And he can play the game. He's not just a fighter. And that I love. And, you know, I, I, I think looking at that guy, the way he plays the game and, and the way he, he loves the game, the way he protects his teammates, I, I look at him as being one of those guys that were similar to me. As far as any other guys around the league, I don't know, Matt. Did I miss the boat? Were you thinking someone else? No, I, I was thinking Jack Eye as well, and yeah. I kind of have my own question. If you had Jack Eye's size, how do you, do you think that your fighting style would have changed at all, or, or do you like yeah, or maybe, maybe like your play style too? I think I would have done kind of maybe fought the same style, uh, but if I had that length of arm he has, I would have probably tried to get whole guys out a little more. I wouldn't have got in as tight because I wouldn't have had to. So I probably would have changed my style a little. Uh, made some adjustments, but, um, yeah, like, yeah, Ab is awesome. Like, he, he's on his way out with an injury now, but, yeah, I'd say he's the guy, and I absolutely love the kid. I think he's a, he's got a great personality and an awesome kid. Who was your favorite player to go toe-to-toe with from Guy Irish Burger? Oh, you know, Jay Miller was fun to fight. And I love fighting Dave Brown. I just love fighting Dave Brown. I know he's bigger than me. He was, um, 
but boy, I just, I love the challenge of fighting that guy. And, um, you know, I got to meet him down in, in Philadelphia. He's a wonderful guy, Dave Brown. Just a wonderful man. I, I was really impressed when I met him. It's funny when you're there, you can't stand each other. And then, you know, you get to talk years later and it's uh, all that water's gone under the bridge. And I remember when we had Jay Baruchel on, you kind of touched on this topic a little bit, but uh, what is the difference between an enforcer and a goon, or is there one, from Michael Robert? Well, Michael, you know, I hate the word goon, um, and, and I, I think um, goon is a term used by people who I think are uh, ignorant of, of what that job entails and what, what it's all about, really. Um, and I think people label, fans label uh, players with that moniker when um, they're not the best player, you know. They're not, they can't handle the puck. They don't score goals. They just get penalty minutes. And um, I can certainly understand how that term developed, but still, I, to me, it's, it's so derogatory. Uh, enforcer, fine. You go out there and protect your teammates, stuff like that. Um, and, you, you know, you can play the game when you, maybe you're not that great a player. I mean, listen, I I was a decent player. I, you know, I could put the puck in the net. Uh, I could make plays, you know. Uh, you know, I didn't do it every, every game. But, you know, uh, that effort was there. And um, there's some guys who just couldn't put those numbers up. They weren't the best skaters. Uh, and they weren't the best players. And some guys, I'll be honest with you, weren't given the opportunity to improve or, or improve their game. It was just sit there when it's time to get out there and fight, fight. And, you know, guys dream of playing in the NHL. That was their ticket. And then they get there, and they never get the opportunity that I got. I got an incredible opportunity. I mean, I played with two Hall of Famers. And, I, yeah, I worked my ass off to get there, but I also had the coaching to be able to do that. The guys took time. They wanted me to be more than just a fighter, and that's the beauty of my situation here in Montreal and what happened to me because, um, you know, some teams, they've been happy just to have the guy go out there and fight, but they wanted more from me, and I gave them more. Who was the toughest person that you've ever fought? This is one question I hate, and I, people always ask me, but I will answer it, and I'll answer it the way I always do, and that's every guy who does that job is so goddamn tough because it's such a difficult um, job to do on a nightly basis, and, and back in that day, it's not like today, they, you know, guy might have eight fights in a season, uh, you know, one fight every 10 games, you know? Um, how about like seven fights every 10 games, you know, something like that. How about five fights every 10 games, every, every other game you're fighting. Or some nights one after the other you're fighting. So, you know, it's a little different that way. So, but still, guys who do that, uh, they're, all, they, they're all tough in my book. Now, do you think, like, the guys were tougher when you played or do you think that fighting was just more part of the game of hockey back then yeah it's a, a little different Stan, hockey's still a tough game guys 
tops. What I don't like about today, and they're talking about it now, guys get hit clean, and fucking someone comes chasing after the guy and wants to beat the shit out of him. It happened, I think, last night, Noah Juleson. Someone went after me, threw a clean check, and, um, you know, then he's got to answer the bell to someone because he threw a clean body check. Now, if you cheap shot a guy, <laughs> that's what happened back in our day. You threw a cheap shot, you did something bad, man, someone's coming. And I'm sure there were times that guys threw clean body checks in a really physical, violent game where someone had to respond, depending on who the player on the receiving end was, if it was a Gretzky or Middleton in Boston or Lafleur here in Montreal. So, you know, it, it, it happened before, but not like it is today. It's just today. It's, it's almost the only time they fight when someone gets hit clean. Now, you got the Bruins jersey behind you, and I remember when we had Jimmy VC on, you guys told a bunch of stories uh, from growing up cheering for the Bruins, going to the Garden. Uh, did you ever go to a Stanley Cup parade in Boston? And Enzo Della Corte asked, maybe in 1973? Uh, I went uh, in 72 um, um, when the Bees won. I think it was 72, right? They won in 70 and 72. So I was uh, 70, I don't, I, I didn't go in 70, 70 to the second one I went to the parade and uh, it was incredible. I was at City Hall and uh, I'll never forget it. They were all up on, the, there's a balcony outside the mayor's office and everybody's out in the plaza. It was jammed. I was with all my friends and all the players were coming out and San, Derek Sanderson was all, you know, Oh, they're all up there drinking beers and just, I was watching. It was, it was unbelievable as a kid. I mean, wow, I'd love to do that one day. That'd be so cool. And, you know, uh, Bobby Orr come out. And that, you know, it's just crazy the response he got from the fan base and how much they loved Bobby Orr. He is so loved and adored. Um, you know, I just saw a picture of him today, Bobby Orr, um, when... He was at a tournament. It was a picture from him with a, some of his teammates sitting at a... It looked like they were at a burger joint or something. They were all sitting there, and they had, you know, a bottle of Coke or whatever. And they're all looking at the camera. And there's Bobby Orr, little Bobby Orr, with a big smile, handsome little kid. And he had just been discovered by the two scouts of the Boston Bruins. And I, I actually screenshotted it to save it because I want to... I want to get him to sign it, and I want to put it up here with his picture because it was him, that, that young, innocent little guy um, who, you know, at the tender age, I think it looked like he was 12 years old, you know, 13 years old, whatever. And, and you know, the stardom that was about to be for this guy was incredible. It just, what, what I would just, I couldn't imagine if he was healthy and what he really would have accomplished in this game. It's a shame. But, yeah, so I hope that answers your question. Now, seeing the Cup in 72, did that drive you to want to win a Cup more? And did it make the feeling in 86 that much better because you saw the celebration prior? Yeah, you know, yes and no. You know, as a little kid, it was still a dream 
to play in the NHL, no question. Um, but, you know, I, I, I guess when I thought, thought back a little bit, um, when I was in the parade, the Canadians, um, I didn't have a whole long, lot of time to think back, but uh, because I was so in the moment, you know what I mean? But I remember when we went into City Hall in the morning to get the keys of the city and meet the mayor and all that stuff, then it it hit me. I said, you know, I remember doing this, uh, the Bruins. They were at the mayor's office to get the keys of the city. And here I am now doing it. And so, yeah, that a little bit, but uh, incredible to be part of that Stanley Cup parade. It was incredible. What was the atmosphere in Montreal before games and was there like a difference between a playoff game and a regular season game or maybe a, like a, a game against a random team compared to a game against a rival like the Bruins well those um, those teams certainly you got a little more um, I guess you, you could see it in the room a little bit more you'd see guys a little more intense I try to prepare the same way all the time, and I did, and most guys do. But I think playoff games, certainly um, guys seem a little more intense, a little more focused. You know, you're playing an 82-game season, or 80-game season back when we're playing. It, um, it's long. It, it is a marathon, and there are nights that, I'm not saying you're not ready, but you're not as focused as you maybe would be, you know, playing a game seven Stanley Cup playoffs. So, um, and, and you're always certainly a little more focused when you knew you had to go out. You knew the possibility of uh, fighting was there, whether it was Philly, Boston, Quebec, Hartford, whatever. So there are certainly some games, you're, I guess you're a little more in tune with everything. Now, obviously, the playoff games had a different type of atmosphere, but were there any, like, specific teams or maybe, like, a game where you knew you were going to fight so maybe the atmosphere felt a little bit different in the regular yeah, season? But, yeah, like Boston. Yeah, I mean, Boston was the same all the time for me. It's just, you know, I think the fear there uh, playing them was the fear of uh, losing because we had never lost them in the playoffs, you know? So... Um, you know, Boston, for me, it just didn't matter. It was always like a playoff game. You know, and back then, you fought in the playoffs. You didn't fight just in the regular season and never saw it again. You saw it in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, yeah. I hope that uh, Andrew, Andrew Ross is asking, uh, did you ever fight and beat Bob Probert? And we had Danny Probert on earlier. Um, I, I wouldn't say I beat him, you know. I fought him twice, I remember. The first one, we started going, and uh, he, we grabbed each other, and we threw, and he missed me, I missed him, and then I stepped on, I don't know if it was a stick or his uh, glove, and we both fell. And then the second time was a better fight. I hung in there with him, and, you know, certainly wasn't a fair like Domi had with him, but, you know, yeah, I fought him a couple of times. Ended up being a very good friend of mine. And I think you and Tim have actually talked about this a bunch of different times on the on the podcast. 
E.L. Kotz is asking, how much money would you be making in today's NHL? A legit 20-goal scorer who could fight. You know, it, it, it's really hard to say, but, um, you know, because if you get to unrestricted free agency, a player like that, people just, I mean, they, they teams just want you. They want you. They need that. So, who knows? Uh, but I would say, you know, three and a half to four and a half million dollars a year, maybe, um, for sure. Who instigated the Habs Bruins hallway brawl in the mid '80s? What happened in the hallway out of the camera view, and who fought who? Um, what happened is, you know, everything that happened on the ice there. Jay Miller, myself, I threw a shot at. Uh, uh, the defenseman, I think, uh, Boutillier, I told him to let go of me. He wouldn't. So, uh, I think it was, I don't know who it was. Someone was on Chelios. Jay was, uh, McCarthy, I don't know. It, it got crazy. Anyway, going crazy. I get escorted off the ice, and, you know, I know what I'm coming from, from the fans. And when you go off by the Bruins bench there, all of a sudden I saw Lindman stand up, and I, like, turned, and I just threw a shot at him right away because I'm like, I ain't waiting for him to do something. Uh, if he just sat in the bench and never stood up, I probably went right down the room and just ducked from all the shit that's coming out of the stands. But that wasn't the case. As soon as he stood up, I threw a shot and then security grabbed me and we slipped and fell. And then we ended up down the hall and uh, Dave Maley was with me. And um, um, Linsman, I was with Linsman. I had Linsman who was giving it to him and he was trying to scratch my face and stick his fingers in my eye. It was nuts. And then everybody jumped in. Um, a player come out of the Bruins locker room in the hallway and Dave Maley was on top of one of the Bruins. And he come running up and he suck at him from the side. And he cut him. He had a ring on. And his name was Louis Slager. And Louis Slager, who has had his, you know, listen, the game's a tough game. You do your thing. But um, that was pretty cheap shot. Uh, and, you know, I remember the one he, when he sucker punched on him. Oh, that was another cheap shot. So that's what happened down the hall. And then it got all broken up, the cops, and everybody came. And, you know, the mayor wanted to press charges. Mayor Flynn, fucking donkey mayor in Boston at the time, saying, oh, we'll arrest them. They're not fighting on the ice, and we can press charges. And uh, Okay, Ray. Shut up, Ray. <laughs> now I'm not sure about what this first brand is, but Foster Grants or Gucci? Foster Grants um, are an old brand of sunglasses. Um, definitely not Gucci. And Foster Grants, I think, back in the day, did have kind of like them Tom Cruise flight glasses. So I, I would have to go with them over Gucci. I, yeah, I'm not a Gucci, Gucci, no Gucci. Yeah, personally, I'm a Gucci guy. I got a Gucci uh, necklace right here, actually. Oh, but, you're uh, a Gucci guy. 
Huh? Yeah, I, I got a, I got a bunch of different Gucci stuff. <laughs> oh, I have to get your Gucci bag, Matthew. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm just not a. I'm, I'm honestly, the a couple brands I really love, and one of the brands I really love is Adidas. I love Adidas. Um, not all their stuff, but I just they have some good stuff. Adidas. What about the Knuckles brands? Of course, the Knuckles brand, the, the best brand you can get. So you're a Boston kid with a bunch of colleges in the area, obviously. So why did you choose Northeastern and not BU from Steve Paulette? Steve Paulette, I did not choose Northeastern. It was the only place that took me, gave me an opportunity. BU, Harvard, Boston College, none of them schools. Um, When I was at Northwood, I went to prep school for you on Lake Placid. My coach growing up, the, the great Judge Paul King, the honorable Judge Paul King, was my hockey coach. And Judge King was friends with Dickie Moore and Doug Harvey. I've told the story many times, but uh, two Hall of Famers of Canadians. Doug was a scout. Dickie was in business here in Montreal. Judge knew them personally, uh, and he asked them uh, to do me a favor to, to get me drafted. But that same guy, Judge King, was friends with Fernie Flamin at Northeastern. He was the coach. So the judge asked Fernie to come and see me play, and um, he offered me a scholarship to Northeastern um, at that my uh, my last year, well, my prep year of high school. And um, that's why I went to Northeastern, because uh, you know what? No one else wanted me. <laughs> And did, did that, like, hurt you? Because you grew up a Boston kid. There's so much good college hockey in the area. Like, not being recruited by those other schools, did, did that drive you to almost want to work harder? Yeah, it drove me. I wanted to prove myself. I always wanted to play hockey. But I was one that, listen, I was thinking of uh, St. Anselm's uh, uh, College, St. Michael's. There was different ones up there, Division Two schools that, you know what, I just wanted to play hockey and go to school at a college and hopefully get a scholarship to do it. And, you know, if I didn't get a scholarship, I was never going to school because my family just couldn't afford it. And, you know, I probably would end up in the um, service or something. Um, going Went in the Army. I uh, didn't know much about the SEALs back then, but I, I would have gave that a go for sure if I, I knew. But regardless, um, yeah. So it, it didn't, you know, didn't bother me. And, um, you know, I just got passionate about the game. And Northeastern gave me that opportunity and, and Coach Flamin. So uh, thanks to the judge. Judge was a big part of my life. If you could have had your pick of the litter, would you have still went to Northeastern or would you have went maybe to like a Harvard or somewhere else? Good question. Uh, I think if I had my choice, I might have uh, – went to Boston University. I could see myself have been a terrier, but I ended up a Husky. So what other arenas did you like to play in besides the Forum? And so, and Tom Moore said, you can mention anywhere but Boston. Ooh, really? So, um, Colise in Quebec, I played well. 
I love the atmosphere there. The people are so into it. Um, Chicago Stadium. It was awesome place to play hockey. Incredible. Now, I never played at the Joe. I mean, uh, uh, the Olympia. Uh, the Joe just came in. And it was okay. Kind of generic stadium. But they had passionate fans. Um, and... You know, I love playing, um, believe it or not, in Hartford. You know, Hartford, um, for some reason, when I played in that rink, I just, I had good games. I played good games. Like, I, 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 am I getting lucky? Or is something to do with this, you know, superstitious guy? But Hartford. But I, I'd say the top one for me was, you know, it was Boston. Uh, Spectrum, you know, was okay. But, you know, I'd say Chicago Stadium. Uh, after, I'd say Chicago Stadium, the Coliseum, uh, you know, after Boston. And did you ever have to fight anybody that you were friends with? Maybe you didn't want to fight them because you were friends with them? Um, mm, no. No, I never fought any guys. Because, again, most of the fighters came from Canada, right? So it's not like I knew any of them, um, you know, or grew up playing against them or anything like that and got to know them. So, yeah, and then, uh, I, you know, um, when I went back to Montreal, it was funny. Bob Sweeney, I, we were teammates with the Bruins. And I remember I ran him once and tried to get him to fight me because he was chirping me. And I elbowed him. I got a two-minute penalty, and he chirped me more, and he pissed me off. But that probably was the closest I came, uh, wanting to kick Swoop's ass. Now, how many guys that you fought are you friends with today? Well, certainly Jay Miller, the friend today. Um, you know, I can't say I'm friends with Dave Brown, but we've, we've been friendly with each other. We've met on a few occasions. I, w I would say he could be a friend of mine. Um, I like him. Um, Tiger Williams, uh, um, you know, a friend or acquaintance. But uh, for the most part, the guys I've met over the course of my retirement, you know, so, you know the Grim Reaper, Stu Grimson. Um, I fought him near the end of my career, and he was, you know, very friendly, very good guy. Uh, fun to have on. What is your favorite memory at the forum? I'm going to say, you know, that night uh, against the Winnipeg Jets, Patrick's rookie game as far as playing, and the night I had and the game I played that night was, like, incredible. But I got to say, um, Stanley Cup Parade, uh, getting introduced on stage with all my teammates and that whole place singing, um, led by me, singing na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. And I sang that. I grabbed the mic from Claude Mouton, God rest his soul, Canadian's uh, public, public relations uh, uh, guy and a good friend. And I grabbed the mic from him and he let me go. And 
I had sunglasses on. I was like drinking all day. And it was just awesome. The whole building kind of, for just a, a little bit, it felt like, felt what it's like to be a rock star and have the whole place going nuts, you know, uh, because you're singing. Uh, it was just cool. For me, you say memorable moment, yeah. But I, I guess from the forum, those those two, you know, that night, uh, Patrick's first game and the night I had playing. and Just a wonderful place to play. Just a, I friggin' love that place. Montreal Forum is just unbelievable. It's an incredible place. So this kind of gives a little sneak preview into what we got coming, but and it, it's kind of similar to lot, the other question that we asked. Were you friends with Jay Miller during your playing days? No. Jay and I met when I went to New York. He went to L.A., and we talked about it on the pod. Uh, he, we bumped into each other in the hall. We talked. He invited me fishing. The GM saw us talking. Jay said, oh, my God, he's going to be pissed. He hates seeing guys talk to guys on the other team. And I walked away knowing I was going to fight him. Sure enough, as soon as I got on the ice, they threw him out there, and the puck dropped, and the gloves dropped with the puck, and away we went. But, um, yeah, Jay, yeah, he's a good friend. Had a lot of fun in retirement. What was your relationship like with John Cordick? He seemed like an apprentice of yours from Neil Baskin. Um, I had a good relationship with John. I didn't run around with him, though. Uh, John, you know, he was a stray cat. Uh, and, and no disrespect. Um, you know, he was running around with some people outside of the team. And I know John also didn't really want to do what he was doing as far as fighting. He wanted to be a hockey player. Uh he didn't like that part of it. I know his dad didn't. Uh, it was a sad story. He got hung up with the wrong boys uh, out there running around. And uh, then the drugs became part of his life. And um, and listen, I know it, it happened to me. It happened to me in retirement. Uh, I didn't run around and do drugs and get crazy when I was playing. I drank, for sure. But I wasn't in that uh, that drug scene at all. And, um, yeah, you know, that was, he was walking on really thin ice and had some issues. So, um, you know, we'd talk about fighting and stuff. Johnny had his style. I had mine. Um, but, you know, I remember they came in, they brought him in to kind of help me. And I know thinking in my head, like, I don't want any help. You know, I, I, I like <laughs> the plenty of guys in this team. You know, Chelly, uh, Corson, uh, Momesso was there even, and Mike McPhee, guys that would stick in there, and, you know, we'd be fine. Larry Robinson, um, you know, so it's like they were bringing another guy in. One, I was insecure. I'm like, I don't want to lose my job. What if he takes my job and I'm gone? So there was a little of that, to be honest with you. But I got along with him. I didn't make it difficult for him. I actually warned him about someone he was running around with uh, because someone came to me from the police and uh, uh, I talked to John and warned him, but uh, yeah, it's too bad. Too so, bad. No, so you were a guy that could fight and play. So did guys ever come to you with like issues like 
hey Nux, I want to fight more. Hey Nux, I don't want to fight. I want to. I want to be known more as, as a hockey player, and not a fighter. Did I ever deny guys? So it'd be like, did like uh, did guys ever come to you and like kind of maybe voice that to you and say like what what should I do here? Oh, someone came here to ask me that. Like, what should I do? If... No, I'm saying like no. maybe maybe in like when you were on the Habs or when you were on the Bruins, like someone's someone is known as a an enforcer, right? And they said. Yeah, like, like you could said, Cordic didn't really want to fight, and his dad, yeah. his dad didn't really want him yeah. to fight. Did he ever voice that to you? And did you ever give him like some advice on what he should do about it? Um, he, you know, it, here's what happened. Uh, I heard that uh, John, when he was playing junior, you know, wasn't fighting, wasn't doing any of that stuff, and he was okay skater, but not the best skater, and an okay player but not a guy that was going to draw draft attention, put it that way. And he was told, I think, by um, one of the scouts of the Canadian that if you want to increase your chances, the odds of getting drafted, you've got to play the tough role. You know, it's not good enough to just go out there and play hockey. You've got to play tough. You've got to go out there and drop the gloves. You've got to be physical. Uh, and... So he kind of pushed John to do that. And I think John also got into, was on steroids. I mean, the way he was built. I think that helped him also to do a job he didn't want to do because that roid rage and that anger that comes with it, change of personality, it can. Um, so, um, you know, we, did we really talk about it? Not so much. Um, you know, there were times I could see he, he he was having tough nights, but I I didn't attribute it to that, oh, I don't really want to do this. I just thought it was like, you know, a tough night at the office, you know. Some nights it's a, it grinds on you. So, you know, we talked a few times, but not a whole lot about that, you know. And then I when I was gone, uh, you know, and his – his career, uh, his life just went downhill. It was so sad. Um, the progression of the disease of alcoholism and drug addiction. And this is the final question from the everything that the fans submitted. What were popular bar rooms and strip clubs of NHLers when you were playing in Montreal? Um, well, God, this the Montreal teams could not wait to come here. They could not wait to come here and visit the city and play in this building, the Forum, at the time, right? Saturday night, Thursday night, whatever. And, you know, I knew all the guys downtown, the bars. The Crescent Street was the bar, uh, the, the street where all the bars were. Guys would go to Winston Churchill Pub or Thursdays. Those are the popular places in Derrick's. There was a bunch down there. So some of the teams coming from out of town would visit down there. But before they even got there, they either went to Shapery first or um, Wanda's. And uh, Wanda's was downstairs, both strip joints. Wanda's was downstairs. You go in there and it was like, you come out. If you went in there for lunch and you come out two hours later, you couldn't see. It was so dark in there. And... You come out in the sun, though. It was like you and, 
in a concentration camp for, for years. Um, but guys, uh, those are the teams, you know, out of town guys would come. They, they always go there and have team meetings, you know, um, team bonding stuff. Um, yeah, guys love coming to Montreal. And it was usually Shea Perea Wanders. Now you said guys love going to Montreal. Where did where did you love to go? Where did you get excited to go play in? I like, love playing cities? in L.A., you know, because we got to stay there a few days, you know, leaving the cold weather here and getting to play a couple of days. I love Vancouver. I just love that city. I love all the, the look. Um, and and N- New York, because it, it was action, you know. But those cities in the East, we never got to stay really like boston we're in and out all the time new york in and out hot in and out this one so all the east coast teams we never never hung around a whole lot never got to spend time that's the one thing about hockey like baseball you spend like five days in a city you know you play every day but you know pitchers got the life of riley you know get to visit cities go museums you know see stuff pitch one day first day in the next four days it's like a little vacation but anyway yeah those that's it maddie hey everybody thanks for joining knuckles here and matthew on ask me anything and we're gonna do this again keep an eye on our social media pages and uh we will um answer any question you send in 